Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz. I am not putting on a voice <laughs> to try and impress Johnny Russo, who is a special guest of ours today. You uh, have seen this guy many times. He, he's often been the villain, the bad guy. And, of course, uh, probably most remembered for his role in Godfather 1 and Godfather 2 when he played Carlo Rizzi. Oh, yeah, that's the guy. i seen him. Uh, but uh, a little laryngitis uh, affecting me today here on uh, our Believe podcast and uh, After Hours. Uh, we welcome to the show, though, Johnny Russo, who has a, uh, a new book out. And uh, it's called The Sixth Family. And I, I was aware there were five families. Uh, Jenny, how are you? Uh, good to have you on the program. I'm great, my man. Thank you for having me on. You're coming from uh, one of my favorite states, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no doubt. I mean, uh, a lot of wise guys come down here to hang out. In <laughs> fact, everywhere you go, everybody claims to be a wise guy. Have you found that? Oh, yeah. you got a lot of wannabes down there, believe me. I know that since the 50s and 60s, I've been hanging out there for a long time. Yeah, the scam capital of the world. I think the scariest guys, though, are the guys that come down from Buffalo. <laughs> and we used to encounter them. Uh, you know, uh, needless to say, we, we've had times uh, where our financial situation was not necessarily favorable. And so we've gotten involved a couple of times. And uh, whenever the guys uh, came down from Buffalo, they, it usually caused us to have added incentive to expedite the payments. <laughs> No, I did. Like I said, I used to hang out in the Lalonde room at the Palm Blue Hotel at least two weeks a year when Sinatra was down there. And uh, that, that lobby had 100 years of good behavior in it every night. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute, man. There's a sixth family? I mean, we knew about the five families. Uh, tell us about this uh, new offering of yours. Well, they, it's a novel because my, my first book, Hollywood Godfather, was a bestseller, and they approached me to, uh, for a four-book deal, which I was flattered. I can't even write my own name, let alone novels. <laughs> my, my lawyers told me, you keep writing like this, you're going to go to jail. There's a lot of real. <laughs> so we made it a novel, but I thought it was pretty clever. We came up with it that this is a novel except for the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Great stuff. And, 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 and mob characters, films, uh, stories. I mean, even now, one of my good friends who was a huge fan of the Godfather movies and uh, all mob movies, for that matter, that, that were that well made, uh, you know, says that, that uh, podcasting now is a big thing. I think even Sammy the Bull is like a, a big star. All of a sudden, He's like the Italian Oprah Winfrey. I, I, you know, I can't believe I know I know Sammy and I know you name the wall that I all have podcasts now, but these guys are legitimate murderers. They're making them stars. I can't believe. That. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, God I mean, it's such a it's such a want to this. They love the speak of, of gangsters. Thank God, Cagney had a career with Bogart. It it never stops. I have a career from it. You know, it's funny. But uh, Tammy, yeah. cool. that, that gives me a different, different. He's been asking me to go on his show, even Michael Francesi. What am I going to tell him? <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you think that is, that there is such a, it's almost a love affair, romantic, uh, romanticism of that lifestyle and that, look, The Sopranos is a top three to five show of all time, you know? So why do you think that is, that that, 
such a, that violent you know, I, life I, I is so romanticized. We all grew, we all grew up as it's a fantasy and the mystique of it, the power. And then John Gotti brought it to another level for a while, you know, with his. That's what the Six Family is about. He was trying to create the Six Family. I don't know if you, you knew this. I mean, when he he wasn't getting along with Castellano, and he went against the grain on everybody. He made his son made his son's mother's Jewish. He can't be a made guy. He changed <laughs> all the law. So that, that's why we came up with the Six Family because he was actually thinking of creating a Six Family. <laughs> And, and uh, who knows where that would have taken, uh, you know, the legend uh, of, of, of the John Gotti. Uh, Jenny, you're uh, Russ, uh, Russo is our guest here on the program on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. And no, uh, once again, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, imitate a godfather voice, but uh, we do have to have our James Lipton moment. Uh, a couple of things. Well, who's in more movies? You or Frank Vincent? More mob movies. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've, I've, I've done a, a several more movies, but I've made 46 motion pictures in total. Wow. Great ones like Key Biscuit, Striptease, Family Man I love, you know. And uh, I mean, there's, I, I, I've been blessed. I did 200 hours of television. I'm not even an actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how'd you get into it? I mean, uh, you know, what, what brought about your role in The Godfather, uh, Carla Rizzi? I got into it because I, I solved some problems with Paramount and with Joe Colombo picketing the, the, the film and the FBI billing, and he wanted the movie to be made. I was 26 at the time, and my ego, I, I see if I straighten this out, I can get a partner. And I did. I straightened out the union stuff with the Colombo family, got the locations back, and then Paramount said, let's make the movie. And I wanted to call. I, I actually. My, my ego, I wanted Michael. They told me it was already cast. <laughs> so the only guy who was left that I wanted to play was Carlo. And uh, I played Carlo. Thank God. It changed my life. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, you know, it led to, um, you know, a long and prosperous career here in film and in television acting. And now with the book out as a possibly a second bestseller. Uh, it should be, uh, you know, fun to see where this one goes. Uh, the Sixth Family, written by uh, Gianni Russo. All right, so you're there, I mean, uh, and you see Brando on the set. Did you work any scenes with Brando, or was it all uh, with uh, with Al Pacino? Well, but Brando, Brando was my only acting teacher. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I was and was my only acting teacher. Frank Sinatra was my only singing teacher. Jeez. But Brando helped me every day. I had a lot of scenes with with uh, Brando. You know, I was in the background a lot, even when they brought him home from the hospital. But being on the set with him and going over lines with him, while Dick Smith was making him up, it took three hours to turn him at 48 years of age into what we saw as Don Corleone. Mm. So during those times, you get that kid in, I want to work with him. And he, he was my only acting teacher. Thank wow. God. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and Coppola, of course, uh, you know, had to be a bit of a strange cat. But uh, how, how did you find working with him when you when you were a young guy and, and didn't have any film experience? Well, you know, he didn't have any experience either. So he was, <laughs> he was true. He wasn't intimidated by me, basically, because, you know, I, he thought I was connected. <laughs> so with that, it worked for him. And, uh, and, and on Staten Island, 
the band that my wedding was the band of my real wedding. I got the cake, the bakery. I mean, I helped them out a lot because I knew the area well. So I mean, uh, Francis is a genius, though. I mean, that movie. Look, look at here we are talking about it fifty-one years later. It was a masterpiece. Yeah. No doubt, a classic. All right, well, we wish you best of yeah, luck. good luck with the book. The Sixth Family, as uh, Johnny Russo uh, was with us here on After Hours. Uh, always a pleasure. We'll have to do it again sometime. I'd love to talk to you at uh, greater length about all the things you've done. Anytime, please. be my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Good luck. All right, thanks a lot. You think he would have given us uh, six points a week? <laughs> borrow some money those guys from buffalo were always tough <clears throat> all right uh johnny russo with us here on after hours that was fun i'm gonna bow out a little early today because yeah. uh the voice uh kind of prohibitive we have more shows to do uh, we're looking forward to the final four yes and uh, if you're interested in the final four we have a couple of great interviews on our show on south florida live the defoe show with mike luby lubitz and uh you can dial up uh, both jim laranega who was brilliant and that was from the Tuesday edition of the program. And uh, today, uh, on uh, Wednesday's edition, we had Brian White, who is the AD at FAU. And a very candid guy. Comes from a uh, you know brilliant lineage of uh, athletic directors, including uh, his father, who was an athletic director at Notre Dame and Duke. Yep. Legendary guy in the uh, industry. And a very interesting conversation. So check that out if you're a fan of After Hours here on Believe. You know, you'll enjoy the Defo Show on South Florida Live. Become a subscriber, and um, you'll be able to follow us all the time as we do our uh, regular things, 7 to 9 Eastern every morning, live, and uh, feature a lot of great people on the program. Uh, Luby, you have a great day. We'll see you next time. We should have Brandon Lang with his predictions on our Believe podcast tomorrow. I'm hoping. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll uh, catch you next time as uh, we leave you with the thought that uh, even if you're like uh, kind of a a string bean, uh, you know, just on the edge of the mafia trail, Uh, you know, you, you can end up in movies somehow, as uh, Gianni Russo did, so you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously. Friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, <laughs> no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched, steaks hand-cut every day, everything, and I mean everything is made on site, including their incredible bread. It's the one day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go and eat tonight? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.